The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. There's so many new listeners to the podcast in the last six months or so that maybe haven't had a chance to go back and look at some of the early pioneers of my podcast. And so this time I'm bringing back our guest from episode five. It's Sean Carpenter with uh, Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio. Sean is also co-host of The Staredown, a sports talk and real estate podcast that he and I have had going for over a year. So sit back and relax and enjoy episode five from September of 2015 as Sean Carpenter encourages you to build relationships, solve problems, and have fun. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 5 of the Real Estate, Real estate Sessions. I'm excited to have our guest here today. I've had the pleasure of working with him at a couple of different Real Estate Connect conferences in New York and San Francisco. He's graciously offered to answer a few questions for us today. His name is Sean Carpenter. Sean's the uh, Director of Agent Development with the Ohio NRT Companies, a Cobalt Banker. Uh, Sean's presented all over the country. Uh, if you go to you know, seansabout.me page, you'll see all the stuff he's done, but he really specializes in educating, motivating, and inspiring new agents to achieve you know, levels of success they want to get to, but also to challenge those experienced agents you know, to reach their goals and exceed their expectations as well. He's a lot of fun, and we'll let him talk about that. He also blogs at carpscorner.net. I highly recommend subscribing to that blog. I love getting his, his uh, posts. There's a couple that come out each week, and uh, it's a great site. So, John, Sean, I just want to say welcome to the Real Estate Sessions. Bill, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be, be on with you. Excellent. Well, the first thing I, I want to ask is it, it's something that a lot of the times in, the, in these sessions, interviews, I want to find out uh, things that I don't know because I'm assuming others might not as well. But I've heard of Realogy, and I understand they're a big kind of a conglomerate, a corporation, and, but you're a part of that team with NRT. Can you kind of explain that whole structure for us and just so we can understand that? Yeah, sure. Well, because I think, I think, Bill, a lot of times people get confused when they, when they hear Coal Banker and, and maybe in their specific locations where they're at, they have a Coal Banker, but it's not a Coal Banker NRT company. So Realogy is our parent company. So think of them at the very top of the tree. And underneath them, they have uh, the Coal Banker brand. They have the Century 21 brand. They have the ERA brand. Um, they have Corkin Group and Sotheby's, and they have a whole bunch of, of brands that they that they represent and, and own the franchises of. And then there's the NRT, which is their brokerage. Uh, NRT is the largest real estate broker in the country. Uh, leads Real Trends, uh, you know, I think for the last I don't know 15 or 20 years uh, as far as the number one brokerage in the country. And so there's there's Coal Banker companies that are underneath that umbrella. So for instance, I'm with Coal Banker King Thompson in central Ohio and Coal Banker West Shell in the greater Cincinnati marketplace. And those are, they, those are 
you know, specific metros. However, we operate as the Ohio NRT companies. In our region, we have Coalbanker Gundaker in St. Louis. Um, we have Coalbanker Residential Brokerage in the Chicago land area that goes all the way to Milwaukee and out to southwestern Michigan and northwestern Indiana. Um, and then we also have Coalbanker Burnett, which is up in our, our Minnesota uh, area. And so we we kind of are the central region of the of the NRT company. There's a New England region. There's a Mid Atlantic and Southeast region. There's a West region, which incorporates Phoenix and Southern California, Northern California, Hawaii, that area. So we all work together to leverage the power of the coal banker brand, but also the uh, the, the backing of of Realty. Awesome. That makes sense. Great. You you've been with the franchise with Coal Banker actually since 1998, correct? Actually, I started my real estate career in 1998 with King Thompson, which is the name you hear at the end of the Cobble Banker, King Thompson here in, in Columbus. And we were one of the leading uh, independent firms in Central Ohio, been around since 1912. And in the year 2000, NRT came in and, and purchased the King Thompson company, merged it with the Cobble Banker Grand Traditions Company in Columbus um, to become Cobble Banker King Thompson. So we have the heritage of Cobble Banker since 1906 and the local traditions of King Thompson since 1912 in Central Ohio. So, uh, always been with the same company. We've just changed names on the on the sign a little bit. Um, so, I I was actively actively an agent for four and a half years, and sold about 178 transactions in those four and a half years as just an individual agent. Uh, and then I merged into the management opportunity to, you know, give up my sales career, become a branch manager, uh, and love the coaching and training part of the the job. Didn't really enjoy the managing part of the job, the running an office and the P&Ls and the meeting the security guys at three o'clock in the morning when the alarm would go off and, right. and those types of things. And so in uh, in December of 05, I was given the opportunity to become the director of agent development. And so, you know, much of what we're going to talk about on this call today is kind of what I do in that role as, as director of agent development. So I'm in charge of all of our training and our continuing education and our company events and, and uh, I'm into coaching and, and that type of thing. So you obviously you love your role and, and I'm, I'm just guessing knowing um, kind of your timeline that you did something before you were a realtor. What, what were you doing before you got into real estate? Well, I, when I, I went to school at University of Florida uh, down in Gainesville and I, um, I chose there. Uh, I lived in Columbus, Ohio. I was born in Billings, Montana, uh, Bill. I don't know if wow. you knew that or not. Mm-hmm. I was born in Billings, Montana and then my dad uh, got into the teaching side of his industry, which is landscape architecture, and he taught at Cornell for two years. My younger brother was born there, but then he got an opportunity to t- teach at the Ohio State University here in Columbus. So we moved here in, in 1971. So I, I really would say that I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so in the shadows of the Ohio State University with greats like Woody Hayes and Archie Griffin and, yep. and uh, you know, the tradition of, of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. I've been to probably more Buckeye games than a lot of Buckeye fans have been to. Um, but growing up, I learned how to play golf. I caddied at Scioto Country Club. Uh, I went to the same high school as Jack Nicholas. So very big golf presence here in our town. And I started caddying and learned how to play golf. And I, I just decided I hate cold weather. And so I, when I was given an opportunity to go to college, I, I looked at schools like Ohio State, but in the South. I wanted a big campus. I wanted a big athletic program. I wanted a big Greek system, um, but I wanted to be in the South. And so I looked at University of Georgia where my father went. I looked at Florida and Florida State. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with Gainesville on my visit. And I decided to go down to, to school in Florida. 
Um, after graduating from there, I, I got out of college and became a golf pro for a couple of years, worked in the golf business for three years uh, at the club level, not a touring pro, but at a club level, worked in a big resort course in Brooksville, Florida, which is on the Gulf Coast of Florida, about an hour north of Tampa. I always tell people, Bill, if you think of Florida looks like a gun, we were right by the trigger. Okay, that makes sense. And it was a great, great facility. To, yeah, a great facility to work at. Um, but I was, uh, you know, it was long, long days and short weekends and was given an opportunity to work at a club up in Cleveland, closer to my, my hometown and uh, jumped to that opportunity. My wife and I got back closer to home I worked in the golf business for another year for just an absolutely wonderful uh, boss and who just taught me so much, Bill, about customer service and um, less about the golf game and more about just how to serve customers and, and members and, and and how to be a valuable member of the community. Um, but I got out of the golf business. You know, it's a job that, you know, you're a player. So you see the kids that work in the cart barn and the, and the outside staff and the assistant pros. It's You work every weekend. You work every holiday. You work sun up to sundown. You have one day off a week. So. You know, I, where I'm from. I was going to say Go that ahead. if you're, if you're in the, it's, it's like, I worked for the Padres for 12 years. And so when you're in, when you work in the thing you love, it, it's a different feel. And I'm guessing when you worked as a golf pro, you played way less golf than you play today. That's, that's exactly right. And the problem though is, is, you know, you, you can imagine when you play with the members, they would expect you to go out and shoot like a 66 every time. Cause that's what they see on TV. Right. When they think of a golf pro and you think, you know, you'd say to yourself, well, you know, Mr. Jones, you, you hit more golf balls in a day than I hit in a week, you know, and you don't practice and, you know, you're, you're around the game all the time. You just, you know, it's, uh, it's not as, as maybe glamorous as it looks, uh, much like the Padres. You, you probably barely had a chance to sit and watch a nine inning game. Um, so on my birthday every year, I got to watch an entire game. That was kind of the thing we did with staff, but no, I was busy during every game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was great, but I, I moved back to Columbus and um, got in the food service business and was a, was a waiter and a bartender uh, like I did all through college. But then I, I got a job with a beer company in town, uh, Miller and Coors distributor. So I sold beer uh, all over the central Ohio area. My last territory bill was the Ohio State campus. Mm. Now, let me just tell you and your listeners, if you're going to ever sell beer, uh, pick a spot where there's 55,000 students in one location. Nice. And that is a really, really good market to be a beer salesman. Um, that, that makes sense. You know, I, and I love the job. I was good at it. I, I believed in the product. Um, I loved going in there and building relationships with the bartenders and the, and the, and the pub owners and the, and the carryout owners around the area. But I really, I worked, gosh, you know, six in the morning, I was calling on my carryouts to three o'clock in the morning, you know, working at my bars and, and, and doing, you know, Coors Light dollar beer nights and, and all the promotions that college students love. Um, so I thought to myself, you know, as I started wanting to grow up, I said, what's a job that would allow me to drink beer and play golf? So I became a real estate agent. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I called the agent who sold us our house and I said, hey, do you think I could do this? You know, I, I, I enjoyed working with you and we had a great time. And she says, oh, my gosh, with your connections and your personality, I think real estate would be a great a great opportunity. So, you know, when I travel around the country, Bill, I talk to, to managers all the time and I, I usually start off my presentations asking how, how many people were in the food service business. And usually half the room raises their hand. They were on the, the waiting tables, bartending, hosted a, at a restaurant. And it's just such an easy transition um, into real estate because every single day it's different. Um, every single day you're trying to take care of your customers and clients who come to you um, for a service. 
um, and you're going to get paid commensurate with the service you provide. Um, tips in waiting and bartending and obviously commissions earned um, and repeat referral business in, in, the, in the real estate business. So it's been a, been a great transition. Uh, it allows me to, you know, always be thought of maybe when people want to play in that charity golf outing or that area board outing. So that's always nice. Yeah. The, the golfing background, golfing background is always good. No matter what career you're in. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. And obviously as, you, as you've seen on social media, my kids are both uh, very involved in golf now, not by my pushing them, but, but by me supporting them. And my daughter plays on the high school varsity golf team and my son plays uh, on his middle school team. And they're both very, engaged in the game, which is a great excuse for me to get out of the course often. Great. That's excellent. Um, you know, the, you're mentioning how people that have a service industry background, how, how well they translate into real estate. I, 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 it reminds me, I want to share the story that whenever, when I ran my branch with Chicago title, whenever I needed someone at the front desk, you know, it's someone move on or someone move up. It was, it's what I did. It, I would go to the places where I knew I had these great experiences with servers and say, hey, are you thinking about making a change? There's a there's an opportunity here, and I hired more than one into the Chicago Title operation because I knew they were going to take care of the customers that walked in the front door. That's you're absolutely right. The food service industry just kind of translates extremely well into our entire industry. So I like that it, point. It really like, does. And when they and when they leave your office, they don't smell like grease. So it works <laughs> out. Uh, works out really nice. Win win. Awesome. So well, let's let's get let's talk then about. Um, you know, your, your passion for training, you know, you have, I, I you kind of uh, talked about a little bit, but you also have another title you go by and I love your tagline. It's uh, everywhere, anything you write, uh, when I hear you speak or have seen you, you know, present, it's always the same thing. So let's talk about what you like to think of your, as your official title and what your overall kind of your philosophy is on how this business works. Well, I'd be happy to, to share that with you because it's, it's, it, it's become my tagline. And it's my, my sign off. But, you know, I, I think real estate's about three things, whether you're an agent, whether you're a branch manager, whether you're a broker owner, uh, whether you're in mortgage or title. Uh, I think it's about building relationships, solving problems and having fun. That's my philosophy. Build relationships, solve problems and have fun. And it's the way I, I, I sign off my blog posts. It's the way I uh, end my presentations. It's the way I start my presentations. Think about this, Bill. If every single day you can build relationships, either a new relationship with someone you've never met or deepen a relationship with someone that you already know, if you can help people solve their problems, and I don't care whether they're real estate-related problems, title-related problems, mortgage-related problems, if you're good at solving problems, when someone has a real estate problem, they're probably going to think of you because you're good at solving problems, and why wouldn't you be able to help with a real estate problem? And and let's just be honest, if you can't have fun doing what you're doing, then maybe you should think about doing something else. And, and so I've I've given myself a promotion. Uh, I'm the vice president of fun for our company. And so I I try and always have fun in what I'm doing, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a Tritila change class that we're all being inundated with right now, um, whether it's a, you know, how to how to market yourself to neighborhoods. Um, I try and have fun in, in what I'm doing. So that's, that's kind of my, my setup. And every single day when I lay my head down on the pillow, if I can say to myself, did I build relationships today? Did I solve problems today? Did I have fun today? If I can answer yes to all three of those questions, then that was a pretty good day. Whether I sold real estate or, or not, whether I spoke to a class or not, if I have a chance to do that with one person, whether it's through social media, whether it's through the barista at Starbucks, whether it's through my next door neighbor, or even just in my, in my own household with my family, then I think that's a pretty good day. 
That's great. I love that philosophy. And you mentioned social media there maybe as, you know, um, an opportunity to do that. I'm just guessing in your role, um, already kind of you're, you're really well kind of uh, ensconced into this training role with, with Cobalt Bank or NRT by the time social kind of started blowing up. I'm guessing you were an early adopter. You kind of realized, especially in the relationship building side of things and the having fun side, that social was going to be an important kind of piece for you to, to grasp and master. Yeah, you know, it's actually been a, a great opportunity, Bill. I think some companies, um, and, and that's across all industries, not just real estate, but I think some companies were a little fearful of it. Um, you, you have some division of real estate rules that say, you know, uh, you must talk about your broker in every post and things like that. It's just, you know, the in- industry got a little bit behind the times and how fast this evolution of, of social media came on. I, I was in a good position where I grasped onto it. I thought, boy, I, I can build relationships, solve problems, and have fun further and faster and freer by using tools like Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter uh, than I can just, just using word of mouth. Um, and so I just I jumped onto it and had a great time. Uh, you know, certainly learned some some good lessons, um, probably made some mistakes along the way of, of of how the tools work and how how fast they work. And, you know, we see examples of that every day with a politician or an athlete or or somebody maybe saying the wrong thing and, and having it live on on the social sites forever. But it's just such a great opportunity for me to build uh, build inroads with people. And like when I meet people like you at Inman Connect and, and they, you know, you, you see each other across the room and you already know who the person is, you know, their story, you know, their face from their avatar. And, and the biggest compliment I get bills when someone says to me, man, you're just like you are online. And I, yeah. and I kind of want to say, well, thanks, but, but why wouldn't I be, you know? And I, I think some people do try and have a persona online that is a different persona than they are in person. And, and I think that's a shame. I think you're doing yourself and your audience a disservice if you can't just be an extension of yourself. So if you're, you know, a lot of people like to say I'm kind of a smart aleck online and I, I am in person too. And I, and I try and build relationships and solve problems, have fun online. And I do that in real life too. And so it's just been a great vehicle for me to, to connect with people like you and, and some of the people in your local marketplace and around the country and really around the globe. When you think about some of the ambassadors that we've worked with at different MN Connect events, it's just a really neat thing. And, you know, I have, you know, I have my Facebook set up in, in groups, so I have my international list, and I have my local list, and I have my company list, and I have kind of a classes of my list, and my fraternity list, and my Florida fans list. And so each day I can kind of tune into the channel I want to listen to um, or just go kind of carte blanche and, and open it up and, and just listen to everybody. See what's happening. I love that. Do you um... – Obviously, you, you train um, all the, a lot of a lot of your time is spent in training. You know, the, the, your your agents and social media is a part of that. But you've also you don't just talk about social media. You you talk about lots of different things uh, and train on lots of different topics. Some old school, some newer. So can, can you tell us a couple of uh, the interesting programs you've implemented? You know, in the last few years, or even going back further when you started as tr- as a, in this. Yeah, role sure. Um, you know, so something we've done. Um, you know, industry in general, let's just look at the industry in general, the 1.1 million members of NAR and the probably close to 2 million real estate licensees, you know, they work for a real estate company or they have some sort of real estate involvement. And, you know, for years and years and years, the industry's stats haven't really changed. You know, I think it's by estimates, 80% of the people that get in the real estate business will be out of it, you know, in the, in the first two years. So every real estate class, you know, that starts around the country today, one out of five people are still going to be in the business five years from now. And if, and if there's more than that, a bunch of them are doing zero to, to two transactions a year. So, 
myself and, and our company leadership, you know, we sat down and said, boy, it, it doesn't really make sense to continue to do what we've always done if 80% of the people aren't going to make it. What can we do to to provide more value and to, and to really help our agents become more confident and competent um, and consistent in doing that so they can earn the trust of their of their communities and their clients that they work with. And so, you know, my boss gave me the kind of the, the ability to go out and look at what other industries are doing. And one of the industries I looked at, Bill, was the pharmaceutical industry. You know, they, they take people in, they teach them about the products that they sell, the side effects, the benefits, the features, um, and they really do a good job of keeping it really simple. This is the product I have, and this is how it works, and here's my target audience. And so instead of just us doing a training class for one or two or three weeks where we just teach everything about the business, we've broken it down. We call it our Pro Start Academy, and we really focus those, those few weeks on the dialogues needed to secure appointments, the dialogues needed to overcome the most common objections, and we spend a lot of time really teaching and understanding a good listing presentation. We feel, Bill, in our in our industry, the agents who focus on listings will be the ones who last in the business. You know, the old saying, you got to list to last. Right. Um, listings are the way to the top. And so if you have lots of signs in yards, you'll get lots of phone calls from potential buyers, and those potential buyers may have homes to sell. And so it really, if we think about this, if you were a branch manager of a real estate office, Bill, and I said, give me your news people you've just hired, send them to me for a couple of weeks. And when I send them back to you in three weeks, they're going to know a bunch of different ways to get appointments with potential buyers and sellers. They're going to be good at overcoming objections. They're going to show up at the office every day at nine o'clock and, and work on business development activities in the morning and do their business support activities in the afternoon. And most importantly, Bill, they're going to be able to deliver a listing presentation that's going to really, really impress a seller to have no choice but to want to work with them because they offer the best value and services in town. Would, would that be okay with you if, if you got a, an agent back after three weeks that, that knew how to do those things? How soon do we start? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, so we've had some great success. You know, it's not, not for everybody. Not everybody wants to learn scripts and dialogues. But you know, let me let me just hit on that for a second because nobody wants to do a script. Nobody wants to do a dialogue that someone else does. But the fact is, we do dialogues every day. You know, the song "Happy Birthday" is a script we learned when we were little kids. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, star spangled banner, the, the Lord's Prayer. These are all scripts and dialogues that we've learned and just internalized. And we say them a little differently. You know, I mean, here's a great example because you work for the Padres. When when Whitney Houston sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl in Tampa, it was beautiful. It was un- unforgettable. I know where you're going. And when Roseanne Barr <laughs> sang the national anthem at a San Diego Padres game, it was unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Same exact words, different delivery, right? Yep, yep I was there. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you were. That's maybe why you're not with them anymore. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, it's um, fine. But hey, I, you know. I, if we can give agents the confidence, I talk all the time, Bill, about in this business, you've got to build a cult-like following to truly be successful. And I spell it K-U-L-T. And I know I spell it wrong, but I spell it wrong on purpose. When people know you, that's the K, when people like you, and when they trust you, they'll more than likely do business with you. But nice. what I find is, especially as newer agents, they can get the knowing and the liking part down. That's easy. But I, I know there's people out there listening that have some friends that they know and they like, but they wouldn't trust when it comes to parenting advice. I know they have some friends out there that they know and like, but they wouldn't trust when it comes to financial advice or dating advice. 
So knowing and liking people in real estate is easy. Getting them to trust you with the biggest asset that they own or will own, that's a big deal. And so a new agent coming in who hasn't earned the trust of the community and the customers that they're talking to to turn them into clients, you know, that could be a big deal. They say, look, I, Sally, I like you. you. We've known you since you were in high school with my daughter, but we got to sell my mom's house and you've never sold a house in this community or in this price range or on this golf course. And so we're going to go with the local expert versus you. And that's a That could be a, the difference between a good year and a good year. Right. Well, that's, so that, yeah, you've always got, um, so you're, you, I love that. You've got this plan in place to help the newer agents. So what do you do then for those experienced agents who are well down their career path? What's, what's the, what's your strategy to help them? You know, it's been one of the, the, the coolest things, Bill, is because we've implemented this Pro Start Academy three or four years ago. We've had a lot of experienced agents that have come back through that. They've sort of dropped their ego. They, they lay their sword down and say, look, I know that I don't need all of this, but I need the basics that I just stopped doing when I became successful. The coming in the office every day at nine o'clock in the morning, the, the focusing on growing your business each day versus versus just maintaining your business each day. Um, the, the, the really sharpening up a good listing presentation. It's so sad when you look at this business, how few agents truly have a listing presentation. If you went office to office across the country and just stopped an agent and said, hey, give me your listing presentation right now, they'd say, what do you mean right now? Like, like tell me what you say to a seller. Well, I don't say the same thing every time. Well, isn't that strange that the one thing you really get paid for in this business to be able to secure a listing and get it sold and price it right and, and set expectations, that we just wing it each time? You know, I... I, I like to say the last time most agents practiced their listing presentation was the last time they gave their listing presentation. Mm. You know, and, and you look at the best golfers in the world, you look at the best baseball players in the world, the 30 baseball teams in, in America and the one in Toronto, uh, you know, tonight before game, they'll show up a couple hours early and what will they do? They'll throw yeah. and they'll catch mm-hmm. and they'll hit and they'll run. These are the best baseball players in the world. Yet each night they're going to practice their skill. So that during the game, they don't have to think about what they're supposed to do. It becomes just a subconscious reaction. And that's what good agents do. They can, they can always have the objections overcome before they even happen. They can always already be anticipating the next questions of a customer client. They can be earning the trust from the people who know them and like them so that they'll eventually want to work with them or refer them people who do have a real estate deal. So with our top agents, with our, with our experienced agents, we do a lot of individual, individual coaching uh, we really help them analyze their business and, and try and take it to that proverbial next level. You know, most agents can get to about 30 transactions by themselves, but to truly jump to that next level, they may need to think about bringing an administrative person in. Um, because, Bill, if you think about the real estate business, and I'm assuming I'm talking to a real estate audience right now, so the mortgage and title isn't that different with this, but, but each day there's a business development aspect of our job, getting business, securing business, getting appointments, and then there's a business support portion of our job, which is the MLS searches, the marketing around the listing, the paperwork and the transaction coordination that's needed. Yet, if you had to guess, Bill, what would you say most people in our industry spend most of their time doing business development or business support? Oh, you said support. I kind of missed that. My guess is... Would it be business development or business support? It's business support. That's what they spend most time doing. It's business support all day long because people feel like they have to get the 
I's dotted and the T's crossed to get to the closing table because that's where they think they get paid. But here's what I find in this business. The agents that spend most of their time doing business support instead of business development will soon have no business to support. Right. Because every day they've got to be filling that funnel. They've got to be building relationships and finding out who's ready to go because as soon as you get a bunch of deals, you know, pending, you focus on getting them closed. And that's important. But if you can leverage your time and someone else's expertise and let someone else dot the I's and cross the T's and get it to the closing line so you can be out there building more relationships, solving more problems and having more fun, doing what you're truly good at, that's that's a big aspect for us. And so we've really helped our, our top agents and our experienced agents really better understand how to run their business like a business. And, and, and that's one of the keys to this. This is a relationship business, but there's a business component to it. There's things that have to get done that need to get done, whether we want to or not. And so we've got to, you know, get in early and do the work and stay out late and do the work. But if we're not face to face with clients and we're just face to face with an MLS screen or a, or a contract um, feeding through the system, we're probably not out there getting enough business to, to replace the business that we, that we have. Well, your passion for training comes through loud and clear. Uh, I, I, I want to know, how you developed your passion for writing. I think you do a fantastic job at carpscorner.net. Explain the, the genesis of that and, and um, how that came about and, and what kind of energy do you spend each week keeping that Thanks, blog? I, yeah. that, that means a lot to me, Bill, that, that people um, enjoy my reading, both from a, just an enjoyment standpoint, also maybe a, uh, you know, educational standpoint, but I, you know, when I, when I was an agent uh, working my own business, um, I created a newsletter and it was called Carp's Corner. And it was a, each month I sent out a hard copy newsletter. It was four pages. I created it myself on Microsoft Word each month. Um, I brought it to a local printer. They put it on 11 and a half by 17. So it was folded over, then folded over. And I sent them out 265 each month. 61 of those people were outside the state of Ohio. So it was friends, fraternity brothers, clients that had left town. And each month I wrote, you know, an article on the front cover. The inside page had a real estate tidbit that I would get off Google News or something like that. I would recognize people's birthdays, babies that were born, job promotions of my clients. I had a joke of the month in there. I had a sports report where I just did a little commentary on sports and my wife did a little recipe. And, and then I featured some homes I had listed on the back. And it went out. It was, a, it was a personalized thing. It wasn't a sales pitch. It was just a way for me to stay in touch with my customers and clients. And when, and when, I, when I left the sales side – that was right when blogging was kind of becoming a vehicle that people could journal themselves. And, and, you know, some people have turned it into a money-making opportunity and I don't really, I don't really leverage it as that. However, I have earned some speaking opportunities because of people knowing me through my blog or following me through my blog. It's just something that I feel much like anything you do. I've become a better writer because I've written 649 blog posts over the last seven years. You know, and I and I'm consistent with it. Um, you know, I I if I go back and read my very first post, and I go back and read the ones I've written recently, I I really feel like I have a book in there somewhere where I could compile, much like a Rick Riley or a Seth Godin, just you know pull it out and and consume it all in one in one take. Or like you, a subscriber who reads it on a regular basis, and you know if I can share maybe with your audience, the one thing I think that I that I've done with my blog is the consistency of it. Cause you know, as a subscriber, at least once a week, you're going to get an email on Monday morning, right? Yep. It's going to come in and it's my Monday morning match. And so every Sunday night, either when I put the kids to bed or I 
I finish up my, my yard work and I, I come up with one idea and I call it my Monday morning match. It's just an idea designed to strike a little inspiration, light a fire under you for the week. Uh, it could be a real estate story. It could be a video I saw. It could be a, a poem or story. Uh, it might be some current events thing. Uh, for instance, this morning I wrote about going back to school and what filters can learn from going back to school week. So it's been really fun. And it, it, I really you know, have, have earned a following of people who like to know what I say. Well, you're also not afraid to share your personal life. And I think, I think that's huge because if I'm trying to, you know, develop a relationship with you and understand who you are, you're not afraid to talk about your father or other, you know, really important personal things as well. Yeah. And that's been a really cool outlet for me, Bill is, is, you know, um, most people in America have a father and a, and a mom. It's statistically impossible to not have a father and a mom. Right. Um, many, many people, uh, have, have lost their parents. And I lost my dad at a very early age. He died at 61. And, and so the blog's been a cool opportunity for me to kind of um, honor him, uh, share some thoughts I have about my parents and my family and my brothers and sisters. Um, and that, I get a ton of feedback on that because it's real, because it's, it's something they can relate to, whether they're a top agent or a new agent or a mortgage person or a title person or just a friend of mine. Um, so it, and it kind of creates that real sense that I'm a person on the other end who has problems and has issues and has to pay a mortgage and has to put gas in my car and, and, you know, do, do the things that sometimes we look at, you know, the Tony Robbins and the Oprah Winfrey's and we say, well, yeah, they, they got it made. Um, you know, so, so just a way for me to be real. And another thing I like to do with my blog, Bill, which, which I'm sure you've seen is I, I love to find people out in the world doing awesome things and right. spotlighting them. Um, whether it's Fred, my thrifty, bus driver in Columbus or Mariano, the, the, the banquets facilities guy at the Hilton in San Francisco during Inman Connect. I love to find people doing awesome and then writing a story about them and then sharing that with them and their bosses and their communities. Cause I know it makes them feel good to kind of be, be spotlighted maybe when they don't get that every day. And so um, I've only written, I think one or two negative posts um, about experiences I've had, but I, I, I usually didn't call out the location I just turned it into a, hey, here's what we can learn this experience and how we could have made it better. Um, so it's been a really cool thing for me to be able to get my thoughts on uh, on paper, so to speak, even though it's on the web. Well, another side of you that's very creative. Uh, I have to bring this up, and I, I I think I might have witnessed the birth of Carpart. I'm not sure if it was. I did. Okay, so it was at Connect. I think I was sitting near you, and you were doodling away in a journal. Uh, and you're very, you're actually a very good artist. And, uh, and so talk about how Carpart was born. What, what were you thinking about that first time? Were you just kind of doodling while a speaker was talking? Yeah, I, I was, Bill. You know, you and I have served as Inman ambassadors at Inman Connect events. And our job, you know, when it, for the impetus of the job when it first started was, you know, Inman did a great job of gathering some of the, some of the social voices of the real estate industry to share what was happening at the event. And so we could tweet and text and photo and video out what we were seeing. So a lot of the larger audience that wasn't at the event could kind of follow along with our, with our experience. And so I found the first couple of years I did it, I tried to capture every great soundbite of every speaker in a tweet or a text on my phone or my, my laptop. And I missed the whole context of the whole speech because I was listening for individual pieces. It's kind of like when you're when you watch fantasy when you're when you're a fantasy football player, you miss the whole game because you're so worried about one player's stats. Yep. 
And so I, so I made a commitment that year to, to sit back and listen to the presenters. And I think it was Chris Smith or Katie Lance was talking. And just for some reason, their words, it just hit my head like a picture. And so I drew their statement in a picture instead of just a text of the, what they said. And then I started adding some, some pictures and some colors and some, uh, so sometimes my words, it's just a quote in words, but I, I do some things with the, with the lettering. Sometimes I, I do a picture and then letter around it. Um, and I just started hashtagging it Carpart, C-A-R-P-A-R-T. I just started branding it Carpart and I shared it out on the social streams and people like you and, and some other people we know on the ambassador team started retweeting it and then people started following it. And I just started a collection where I have, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 pictures from the Inman Connects. And I do personalized ones for people that have bought my ebook. Uh, I just compiled all my art into one little place and kind of gave a story of, of the carp art. And, um, and so when people would, would download it off, off the server, I would send them a personalized carp art. And usually what I did for that is I would, I would go on their Facebook page and I'd find out who they were, if they had a favorite quote or hobbies or interests. And I would just draw some art that represented that person. So it's just been something fun. It's been something that is unique and different. And um, I guess a way for me to get some creativity out while I'm sitting in a, in a room where I don't get to, to talk or stand up or speak. So it's kind of a way for me to channel my energy, I guess, into a different, a different medium. But it's been a lot of fun to watch that grow and, and develop over the years. And I always look forward to the, uh, to the next, the next uh, piece that comes out. So, well, we've, I've taken a lot of your time here today already. So let's, I'm going to wrap it up with the question I've asked everyone who's done one of these interviews. And I kind of think I know the answer to yours. It's going to be, I think, I think I know, but here it is a pretty basic question, but not an easy one to answer. If, if you're told you get to give one piece of advice, for an agent to help them with their business? Just one. What's that one piece of advice? Well, my one piece of advice has three parts to it. It's probably build <laughs> relationships, solve problems, and have fun. I think that's pretty easy yep. uh, to say. But, you know, it, it is it is a relationship business. And never forget that. This is a very difficult business to be successful in. I, I've never been in mortgage. I've never been in title. But I, I assume it's probably a lot the same. It's very different every day. Um, if it's not an easy business to get into, it's an easy business to become successful in and to find success however you want. That doesn't, to me, that doesn't mean you have to be a top producer or sell million dollar properties. It means you have to be comfortable taking care of the customers and clients that you've, that have given you their trust uh, and an opportunity to work with them. So if you each day can put your head on your pillow and say, did I build relationships today? Did I solve today? You do those tough days in a row, Bill, you'll sell some houses, you'll close some mortgages, you'll, you'll, you'll get some title deals uh, because that's what it's all about. Sean, thank you so much for being here today. How, how can listeners get in touch with you if they want to reach out and book you for a presentation or uh, just ask you a couple of questions? Well, obviously the, the carpscorner.net, C-A-R-P-S corner.net is my blog site. Uh, my about me page uh, is a great spot where you can go. And obviously uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Carp, S-E-A-N-C-A-R-P. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, I believe facebook.com slash Sean M Carpenter. M as in Michael, Sean M Carpenter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. And I would look forward to, to anyone connecting with me, whether it's about golf or beer uh, or real estate or leadership or anything that they 
maybe are looking for, I'd be more than happy to help. And, and Bill, it certainly was an honor to, to spend some time chatting with you. Well, thank you very much. And, and thank you, everybody else, for listening to Episode 5 of the Real Estate Sessions. Remember, they come out every Tuesday morning uh, with an industry leader from around the country. And we look forward to talking to you the next time. Thanks again.